When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply want to remind you before we get started the tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner of purple insider and the blue wire network tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging service fees ever Welcome to the Vikings actually let Jared Goff lead a game-winning drive to win the first game for the Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings. And I think, Sam, everyone is justified in whatever they say. Whatever criticism you have, you're probably right. If you say that only scoring six points in the first half is because your quarterback has these bouts with horrendous play and you just can't explain it you're right if you say it's Clint Kubiak's fault because he was dialing up tight end screens at the beginning of the game against one of the NFL's worst defenses you're right if you said the Vikings galaxy brained their way to Ole Udo at left tackle for only God knows why you're right because he was offside several times gave up a strip sack If you say that Mike Zimmer had enough talent on the field, enough players that they have handpicked or drafted and enough players in the secondary who are not injured to stop Jared Goff on a final drive. And maybe Mike Zimmer should have dialed up a pressure or two. And even the kicker in the booth on CBS knew you should drop a pressure or two. That's correct. Uh, Greg Joseph had a fine game, so I guess you can't blame him. Uh, If you did say that uh, maybe they shouldn't have gone for two and chased the points because that ended up hurting them later, you're right. If you say that they mismanaged the end of the game by not running off more clock because there was no way in hell that Jared Goff was going down the field with only a minute and no timeouts, you are right. What did I miss, Sam? What did I miss? I think everything is right. If you say Mike Zimmer should be left in Detroit, you're right. If you say that Rick Spielman has built a roster so thin that if you lose a few players, you fall to the Lions, you're right. If you say that signing the contract extension is one of the worst moves for Kirk Cousins in the history of this franchise, you're right. They are five and seven, and they just lost to the worst team on this planet playing professional football. I mean, there is nothing you could say that I would disagree with unless it was about Justin Jefferson. You might be able to say he didn't do enough. He did enough. He was fantastic. That's it. That's been the story of two years with this football team, desperately trying to scratch and claw their way to relevance. And then whoop, you lose to the Falcons. Then whoop, you lose to the Lions. I mean, this is who they've been for a long time. I didn't think this would happen today, but it did. And I think that everybody listening to this is like, yeah, okay. It's about right. It's not super shocked by anything that happened here today. So your reaction. Well, hi, Matthew. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I tweaked my back a little, so I'm sitting on the couch like sideways. Oh, I, tweaks are bad, man. Tweaks can linger. <laughs> they can. Um, they definitely can. Yeah. Um. That, that That's a stinger for sure. That's uh, that is a franchise altering gut punch that you deserve when you play half a football game. That's what you deserve. Let me tell a story. Um, the 2001 Minnesota Vikings were another squad that was still like trying to recapture their glory from 1998. They were trying to get back to the NFC championship game. They weren't good, but they had good offensive pieces. Um, they were underachieving with Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper and they went to play Detroit. They were 0 and 12. The Vikings were 5 and 7. Detroit led 20 to 7 at halftime. The Vikings came back to take the lead and Detroit beat them on a late touchdown. I mean, how how circular is this sport? Is sports in general? Like when history repeats itself 20 years later, I mean, you can't just sit back and be in awe of that. That the Vikings have now been the elixir 
for two separate winless Lions teams to prevent their shame and get them a win in the exact same fashion. And I would venture to say perhaps losing their coach in the process. Two weeks later, Denny Green was fired in 2001. Are we two weeks from a Mike Zimmer axing? Um, that might be the final nail in this regime's coffin. And it might not be Monday. It might not be Tuesday. There's a short week. They have to play the Steelers. The playoff hopes are still technically alive. But when you look at the sum of this season and you see glaringly Lions 29, Vikings 27, that's going to absolutely be the tiebreaker. If ownership is wondering like what to do here, that has to be the deciding factor, particularly when you don't just get beat. Like it's not like you got screwed by five different bad calls and you turned it over four times in fluky fashion. I mean, you got beat soundly for half the football game and then got marched on, on the final drive of the game. For some reason, thinking that Jared Goff was going to beat you over the top somehow without any good receivers and that they were going to like somehow just, oh, the clock's just going to run out on him with a minute 50. No, like the the most prevent conservative nonsense on the final drive. Cameron Dantzler and Xavier Woods don't know what they're doing on the last play, it seems. Um, and you absolutely deserve that result. And once again, another entertaining football game that should not have been that close whatsoever. The Vikings, it was a classic Vikings performance and also a classic Lions performance with the way that they tried to give it back to Minnesota, seemingly not wanting to win that game. And the Vikings just couldn't take the gift. They couldn't, they couldn't take it. And ironically, after their ugly win against Detroit, saved jobs in week five, probably. Now in week 13, it might cost them jobs because they flirted with the same team again. Disaster strikes. What a meltdown. Oh, goodness. No, you're I can't right. believe it happened. Using the word meltdown is so right because it wasn't that uh, they had, like you said, things go wrong. It wasn't like there was some tipped interception off of Tyler Conklin's head that they ran back for a touchdown and it just everything unraveled from there. It was, you are soundly beat in the first half. You were outplayed by an 0-10 and one football team. Like, well, the, the, Jared Goff is standing back there throwing 30 yard passes down the field to open receivers. He had the lowest average depth of target in the NFL coming into this game. And in the first half, he looks like Tom Brady throwing to Rob Gronkowski at times because he has open receivers and plenty of time to throw. And again, I'm very surprised that they weren't dialing up blitzes and things like that. Because remember that game that Jared Goff played against, I believe it was Miami when he was with the Rams where they blitzed them all day long, he had this horrendous game. And that was kind of the turning point to, uh, I don't really think the Rams can go forward with Jared Goff as their quarterback. And today they decided to four man rush with two nose tackles, Sheldon Richardson playing out of position, uh, DJ Wanham, Armand Watts mixing in. Like these are not guys who can create pressure. This is not Daniel Hunter. It's not Everson Griffin. Like this is, a group of either run stuffers or backups. And the fact that Detroit did everything they could in only a fashion that Detroit could do. I mean, fourth and inches QB sneak up the middle and you probably get that if you're Jared Goff. Right. And instead they like, no, 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 we're going to hit a big play here and decide to try to throw deep with Jared Goff. And like you said, his almost no talented wide receivers outside of their tight end. And he fumbles, gives the game away. And the Vikings had plenty of time there to just wind the clock down because Detroit had misused its timeouts too. They threw an interception when they were in, in uh, the other side of the field. Detroit did. They got a first down run for six yards and then threw incomplete and then threw an interception and gave the ball back to the Vikings and somehow did not lose. I mean, it's really incredible how many chances Detroit gave the Vikings here. Even in the first half, a couple of drives right down into the red zone, failure, failure, field goal, field goal. And we've seen this how many times with this team in the red zone, try to stuff it up the middle. Doesn't work. Try to stuff it up the middle. The same thing with uh, Mike Zimmer after the game sort of implied he was not happy with the play calls on the two point conversions. Like, yeah, man, those runs up the middle have not worked on short yardage since uh forever now like it just has not been working at all and yet they kept going back to it 
Um, so I, I, I want to break this down like on a more micro level from sort of start to finish, but I'll, I'll make the declaration that if they lose to Pittsburgh on Thursday, I think that's it because as of right now, weirdly, and it feels almost inappropriate to say out loud, they're still in the playoff race. They're very much still in the playoff race. Like their odds. I looked today. I think they dropped down to like a 25% now after this loss, but still they're right there. And Washington's no good. Philadelphia is not that good. Uh, So they could still get in. Technically speaking, if you lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, then it's really hard to make any case that you're going to beat Green Bay. You're going to beat the Los Angeles Rams with the position that they're in. And I think that pretty much takes away any chance and any reason to even keep talking about this. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, this is the exact type of one that for many years, if this is it, if they don't turn it around, win a bunch of games, get in the playoffs, if this is it, this will be the game that we all go back to. That's when I knew it was over. It was poorly quarterbacked. It was poorly designed. It was poorly coached from Mike Zimmer to the offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak to everybody down the line had a horrendous day to lose to a team that bad. And when you've had one of the, if you have one of these, oh man, the bills lost to the Jaguars. What a weird day in the NFL, but it's not like that. This is a, this, this happens every year to them. And now to be, at a worse position than they were last year. Last year was the, oh, what a horrible lost year. Worse position right now than they were last year is completely unacceptable from a team that started thinking we're going to make the playoffs. A team that declared over and over, we're actually a good team. We're actually a good team. And now, well, if you're going to make that declaration, you can't end up five and seven and lose to the Lions. Isn't it crazy how the two-week stretches have just, kept defining and redefining this season. We've talked about it all year. First two weeks, 0-2. You're on the brink of, of an 0-3 start. Disastrous. And then you kind of stabilize a little bit. Then you win two more games and things are great. You lose two out of the bye. You want to fire people. You win two. Suddenly it's back on. And now you've lost two in a row. And we go from playoffs, here we come, to Who's the next coach? Is Joe Brady going to be the next coach? I'm sure there will be an article on some blog Monday morning. The Vikings should hire Joe Brady. Mark my words. That will be a story. I <laughs> guarantee it somewhere. If you, if you're a listener and you find it, send it to me on Twitter, just to prove the point. Like the hunt is on now. Two weeks ago, we were talking about, can the Vikings compete with the NFC's elite? And now we're saying fire everybody, a two week league. Um, astonishing. Now, I think there is probably going to be some excuse making with the injuries like Mike Zimmer even alluded to it. He said, well, we're going to get some guys back on defense. That'll help us a lot down the stretch. Um, but the fact that they played, I mean, really until the final drive, the fact that they were as dominant as they were in the second half disproves that point. If you could do that in the second half, you could have also done it in the first half and put the boot on on the throat early, and they didn't do it. So the fact that you had the potential to still shorthanded dominate this team for basically two quarters of the game shows that the injuries are not an excuse. You cannot make injuries as an excuse. Um, not you know it was the really the it was a bingo. It was a bingo in the first half of how to lose to a winless team. You come out and you can't score twice in the red zone. Um, You don't cover basically the only viable passing threat the Lions have. um, TJ Hawkinson, give up touchdowns. You turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins with the the strip sack gives it back to Detroit for an extra possession. You get a, a key injury. No fault of Adam Thielen's, but Thielen getting hurt. That threw the offense off early. Um, a missed call to complain about with the face mask on cousins. Like it kind of had everything mixed in. And of course the, the botched two minute drill, there's another perfect like Vikings esque moment in this game where you think, okay, they're going to come down and, and score before halftime and make this suddenly not, you know, suddenly it's a close game again. No, not only do they miss on a fourth down, but they give it back to Detroit who gets a field goal and former Viking Riley Patterson can't miss on the day. Uh, just absurd stuff. Everything that you could do to lose to an 0-10-1 team, they did in the first half. So the fact that they climbed back shows that 
yeah, that it was absolutely within their capability to win that game and put it away early. And I they mean, couldn't do it. And they took and, the first half off. And when you talk about not coming out trying to play to win right from the very get-go, that's where the play calling comes into this. But also, like, tell me you don't trust your quarterback without telling me you don't trust your quarterback. The play that Adam Thielen gets hurt on is a little screen pass to him, which I don't understand. They do those a lot. And it's not like Adam Thielen breaks those for touchdowns. It's kind of not who he is these days. And yet they've loved that little bubble screen pass to him. The swing pass on third and long or second and long or something that got them into a third and long. Like, you know that Cousins on those third and longs is always going to be who he is. So if it's third and 20, do not expect some dime 40 yards down the field. He doesn't even have the sort of wherewithal to think, you know, if they pick it off 40 yards down the field, it's probably just like a punt. Not that big a deal if we're going to take a shot to Jefferson, but there's a pretty decent chance that there's pass interference or the guy makes an unbelievable play. So they, but they just don't do that. Like that's not a thing that they do, but to come out, it was almost like they got spooked a little bit last week by the interception that cousins threw. And then after that, it took them getting down two touchdowns for him to start throwing. And of course you look at the final box score and you go, Hey, look at all these yards, couple of touchdowns, everything. It's like, right. But you got down by two touchdowns to the lions by playing ultra conservative they ran the ball probably too much considering who they're playing and the fact that you could just steamroll the Lions most of the time and other teams have done that this year. This whole idea of oh, the Lions have played some teams tight. Yeah, well, a lot of teams that they've played tight have bad offenses also. They don't have offenses with this quarterback and this wide receiver. And look, the offensive line wasn't good, but I mean, it. You know that's a product of something that they did to themselves to begin with also. And maybe that's what they were concerned about. But it's not like Detroit even had their best pass rusher. Trey Flowers not even playing. Uh, and so I guess there's a bunch of different things we can get into. But, you know, when you sort of hand out all the blame, it's like 100% to you, 100% to you, 100% to you. Because Cousins had opportunities to make plays. He didn't. They had an opportunity to drop a game plan to be aggressive and go out there and blow the doors off them. They didn't. They had, uh, yeah, there's some bad breaks in there. He was clearly face masked on the fumble. There's no doubt about it, but it's kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah, they miss a call every once in a while. It's going to happen. Um, so that, yeah, that was a tough break for them. But I mean, there's so many opportunities there in the first half to just, even if you just go back and forth with them. Oh no, they had a long drive. Well, right, because your defense is not very good in the state that it's in. But there's no world where Jared Goff with no receiver should outduel you with Justin Jefferson on the football field. And okay, let's talk about this too. I mentioned the Oli Udo thing. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Say, I don't get it even a little bit, not even a little. And I'll ask Jeremiah Searles what he thinks on the show later this week. But Oli Udo is not a good guard. So let's put him at the hardest position on the field to play at left tackle when he has played no left tackle. He played right tackle. Uh, in a game in 2019, I think. And that's the only time he's ever played tackle in the NFL. So he's going to play the harder position when he was struggling. Just another baffling decision. And that's why I'm saying this. Like, everybody combined to make this glorious loss happen. Well, and you're putting Mason Cole in a spot where he has scarcely played. I mean, I know he's got a little experience at a lot of places, but he's he's a center. He's been a center all of his pro career with like a couple snaps here and there. But um, I don't know really what Cole's going to get graded from this game, but that was questionable. And then taking your worst guard, putting him at the hardest spot when you have Rashad Hill. And not only, and it's not like this move worked at all. Like Udo was clearly uncomfortable in his set. He was jumping the snap count. He, um, you know, did he get called for a hold today? I can't remember. Couple false starts, gave up a sack and, maybe the Vikings were adjusting their play calling because of it when they would have only needed to make the Rashad Hill move. Like that's the obvious move. And it, you know what it felt like? It felt like Mike Remmers moving from right tackle to left guard. It was a Mike Remmers move all over again. And once again, the offensive line, um, the team again, just makes brilliant moves. Matthew weekend, week out, you're in, you're out, never changes. Well Hey everybody, Minnesota football is in full swing and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Minnesota football tickets because TickPick, that is T-I-C-K, 
P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site. It's the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for football tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of your tickets. Don't believe it if you can find better prices on the same seats on another site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference. Now we've had lots of exciting games at US Bank Stadium this year. There are still more to go, including Los Angeles coming here. It's always interesting when Chicago comes to town. So you're going to want to go to tickpick.com and check it out and make sure it's tickpick.com slash insider because you can save $10 on your first order for Minnesota tickets. That's tickpick.com slash insider. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, is this not it, though? Is is that not the point about where people are at with this team? Is year in and year out, it's the same mistakes by the same people. It's messing around with the offensive line. Rashad Hill is not good, but he's a career swing tackle. Like, this is what he does. He just goes in there and plays a single game and is okay and prepared to play and knows how to take a pass set without jumping offside and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's Rashad Hill, everyone. And so you've got that guy standing over there. I spotted him on the broadcast one, sort of standing with his arms folded. Like, I don't know, Rashad. I don't know either. I don't know why they took a guy out of his position. Not that Udo had been playing well at guard, but at least he had been playing guard for the entire season. And then all of a sudden you just change it up on him. So just to recap, you take the guy from tackle to guard right before the, the training camp, expect him to learn that when it doesn't work, then you take him from guard to left tackle where he's never played. So just, I mean, wrap your head around all that. Uh, like where to go. There's just so many different directions here because there's like the big picture. And then there's this game sort of bouncing back and forth. Do you want to go even back to the two point conversion? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place on this game, Sam, because it's like, wait, let me remember all the things that they botched to let this happen. So they, Go for the two-point conversion, they miss it, but they score another touchdown. At that point, did you think, okay, they're going to win this? And because I know I was sort of preparing my, they won a game that was unbelievably unimpressive, but I guess we go forward sort of speech. Where did this, where did this happen? Like, it just seemed like everything was going their way in this second half. And I'm still very shortly after this game, trying to figure out like, when was it that this thing truly fell apart at the end? Because how, as a team, are you up 27 to 23 with the, with Jared Goff getting the ball with a minute 50 and you end up losing? It's just Yeah, so regarding the two-point conversions, I don't have a problem with any of them. Certainly not the last two. I mean, once you've missed the first one, you had to do the last two. I mean, the first to tie the game in the fourth quarter, you have to do that. And then the, the, the last one doesn't really matter. I mean, it's kind of academic. You're trying to go up six. The team, The other team still needs a touchdown. So that was kind of irrelevant. Uh, sure, if you add it all up, oh, there's six points right there left on the field. But if they make the first one, they probably don't take the second. Like, you know, there's a there's a ripple effect there. So the only question is, do you go for the first one? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never going to criticize a team for going for two. I just think that it's analytically efficient. If you're going to go the first time, yes, then you have to make sense to go the next time um, because the goal is to go 50%. I mean, the Vikings did this last week, too, and I agreed with them last week. Um, getting more points is better. So I'm I'm in favor of the – and they've been – prior to the last couple of weeks, they've been good in these sort of key, like, fourth down, two-point situations where they need, like, one good play. They've been good at executing that until recently. So I'm not upset about chasing the points at all. Um, I'm more befuddled at sort of how the Lions got in – like how the lions found themselves trailing because they gave this game away. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was tank written all over this loss for the lions. 
Jared Goff with an awful interception where he misses a wide open receiver on what third, I think it was third down. Um, then he double clutches and fumbles it into Blake Lynch's hands. What were the Lions doing anyway going for it in that situation? Twice they go for it in their own territory and miss. Um, and the fact that the Vikings don't win in that in the, under those circumstances is insane. But let's talk about the final drive. <laughs> I mean, the, the prevent defense with that much time on the clock, Matthew. Like, I get it. If Detroit inherits the ball with 25 seconds, I understand. They inherited it with a minute 50. That is so much time when you are in control of getting out of bounds, you know, getting up to the line and spiking it. That's so many plays. Like, it doesn't even pay to play prevent because Detroit's going to have time to get the ball downfield. They threw it over the middle. How many times on that drive? Four? Mm -hmm. Five? And caught it and got to the line? And funny, they didn't run out of time. They had so much time. So you don't need to, like, play the clock game at that point. When Detroit has almost two minutes, it doesn't matter. Um, you just play play it straight up. They've been playing great defensively in the second half, to be honest. Play it straight up. They did bring the one safety blitz with Harrison Smith um, that didn't it, it didn't get home, um, but that was the only attempt to to try to rattle Goff on that drive. Um, who do you pin the the touchdown on, Dantzler or Woods? It seemed like a miscommunication. Yeah, I'm not sure. Dantzler has typically been the guy that other teams attack in big moments. I mean, we've seen that a number of times, including it was Cooper Rush targeting, what, Amari Cooper against Cam Dantzler in that game. And it even goes back to the Russell Wilson, the game where he had the comeback win. And again, this is where it's like we live in a simulation that just got stuck and keeps doing the same things over and over again. And and so this is, there's a, sort of a thought that came to my head as they were not blitzing anybody to go after Jared Goff, who only does one thing well these days, which is if he has lots of time to throw and someone is wide open, he will actually throw the ball to the correct spot. Like that's not always a thing that bad quarterbacks can do, but he can do that. And that's how he was able to operate those offenses with the Rams. But if you startle him at all or throw him off even a little, he just fumbles you the ball or throws an interception. So that's why it was so shocking that they weren't doing anything to go after him. But it also made me think about Sam. One thing that I have had in my mind for a while is Mike Zimmer and this team are just not really a fit where they are, where they need to go to get somewhere and how he coaches and what he wants. Like he could tell us, oh, throw the bomb, Kirk, all you want. But then when I see you throwing tight end screens, like, oh, okay, that seems kind of right. And at the, the final drive was the way that Zimmer has probably handled final drives forever. All right, let's drop everybody back. And you guys up front, just one of you get home to the quarterback and he's not going to be able to do anything. And, and that used to work with Daniil Hunter. I mean, you're sending probably five wide receivers out. So you're saying we're going to line up Hunter way outside and he's going to be one-on-one -on -one with that tackle. You beat that tackle. Everson Griffin, you beat that tackle. You meet at the quarterback and he's not going to have time to let people run around and get open. They don't have Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. Those guys are not on the field. And what you need is something dialed up to make up for that, to confuse the quarterback, to frustrate him, to, to cause a big play, to cause sack. Even if it results in one big throw, you can afford that as long as you get your kind of big play later. But Zimmer played it the same way he usually plays it when he has more talent than this. And this is the result. And I think we've seen this before with defenses that are flawed. We saw it last year with rookie corners. He asked rookie corners to play the way that veteran corners would play. And lo and behold, they didn't. I think at times he's even asked his veteran corners who are not really all that good to play the way that his good corners used to play. And I think that's a, I mean, I think that that's kind of like where we're at, that the pieces should probably add up to more, but none of them fit. You have an offensive coordinator who doesn't fit with the quarterback. You have a quarterback who is much more of a guy that needs to be put on a stacked team to give you a chance, as opposed to someone who's going to drag you anywhere. I mean, that's what we saw today. That's what we've seen many times. Oh, some stuff went wrong. Some bad play calls, goofy left tackle decision bad you know defensive decisions early in the in the game or bad plays no pressure on golf we just lose yep the other team 
had things going for them more than we did, and we just lose. But if Cousins is on an unbelievable team, much like Jared Goff, he could probably win, but he's not, and they don't. And so now we're stuck kind of talking about these over and over again. But I have to say, in, in like the Hall of Fame of crazy stuff that goes on with the Vikings, the last second drives that they've allowed this year, Sam, are truly astonishing. Like if you tried, like you, you ever do this on Madden? I'm losing. I'm mad. I'm just going to blitz everybody every play. because I'm just, And if you they score a touchdown, I'm already down two touchdowns. Who cares? If you or I are play calling and we're mad and we blitz everybody every play of the whole season on final drives, we probably do better than the Vikings have done. This is the worst clutch defense I've ever seen. And it's not just talent wise. I mean, it's just everyone has had an easy time with them. And Jared Goff did today. Um, credit to Krauserific on Twitter who who compiled this. Our, our guy, Will Raggetts, retweeted it. So Vikings 2021 game-winning or tying drives that they've faced defensively. Cincinnati in overtime, 46 yards, game-winning field goal. Arizona, 55 yards, game-winning field goal, late fourth quarter. Remember, that was the, the YOLO ball that Murray threw on fourth down. Epic pass. Detroit goes and scores at the end in week five, gets a two-point conversion, takes the lead. Carolina goes 96 yards um, in week six, two-point conversion to tie the game. Dallas, 75-yard drive with Cooper Rush, game-winning touchdown. Baltimore, 75-yard field goal drive in overtime. Green Bay, 75-yard drive, one play, touchdown, ties the game. Detroit. 75 yards, touchdown, walk-off today. That's eight. Eight this season. And, I mean, it do, it enough said, even, right? It, yeah, well, it doesn't even begin to capture it because of all the first halves. Right? I mean, even today, the first <laughs> halves. I mean, th- this is, we've reached the point, and I, I, I've thought this a bunch of times with the Timberwolves, where almost every game you watch, and, and that's not this year, they're kind of exciting this year, but in the past, everybody knows what I mean is there's always a graphic that pops up of like Timberwolves are setting a record tonight for most whatever allowed or you know what I mean? or they've given up the most of this in history that right that's almost every game when the wolves are at their worst that's what this season has felt like for the vikings in a lot of ways with their defense they've given up more points than anybody since 2000 at the end of the first half like wow okay this is a win now team you say huh a team that's supposed to be in the playoffs i mean that and it all circles back to that. It all circles back to if this was a team that was rebuilding, retooling, trying to figure out who's good, who's bad, it would still be a pretty shameful loss. But we might go like, well, I don't know. Blake Lynch looked okay or something. You might be willing to say, I don't know. You don't have any players. But the guys who got beat for the game-winning play, one signed a contract here. The other one was drafted here and was supposed to start and then lost his job to another guy who's even worse. I mean, look, look at the defense. This is a key point. Almost every player was drafted by this team, signed by this team, or was on the team last year that they were supposed to be developing. I understand not having Kendrick's a big deal, not having Daniel Hunter's a big deal, but these are all your players. This isn't, oh man, at, at one point they said on the broadcast, I don't, blame them like they got a week to prepare or whatever but so well you know they're just picking up guys off the street to put on this defense like who who i mean there was one or two that we talked about last week but those guys weren't even playing this week because you had pierce and tomlinson back you handpicked all of these guys the secondary was healthy outside of peterson the defensive line had its two run stuffers today that didn't really stuff the run I mean, your linebackers, yeah, but you signed that guy. You drafted that guy. I mean, Troy Die, my gosh. Like, you drafted him and said, oh, this is our next Kendricks. And then, like, uh, get stiff-armed Yikes. right in the face, like, right away. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. And that's my whole point about 100% of blame goes to 100% everybody. It's not just it's not just the quarterback let him down. It's not just the decision-making or defensive strategy let him down. It's not just that the drafting, development, free agent decisions – it's a whole complete 1000% system failure to lose a game like this. And that's why if you ever watch Godfather two, Kay talking with Michael, she says, this whole thing must end Michael. That was today. This thing must end. 
And you know how she says, I I needed to do something that you would never forgive me for. It's like, they just did it. They just did something you can never forgive them for losing to the O10 and one Lions. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking about now. Here's how I want to think about whether or not this regime should be retained. Could the narrative, if they were retained, could the narrative that they spin be believable? Like in 2021, I think you could believe a lot of the things that were being said. Okay, Mike Zimmer has a great history of bouncing back after bad seasons. Uh, Mike Zimmer has been given veteran defensive players that they're going to improve that defense. The offense has another year with Justin Jefferson, and they've got continuity in the system, and all the same guys are back. That unit's going to be better, too. I think that was all believable, and it took us all for a ride. Like We all got kind of bamboozled by it, but I think it was believable. What do you say next year? If you've got the same core decision makers in place, what could you possibly say that anybody would believe, even the players? Like, who would believe if they came back and said, Well, we've got this, our next new defense. This is the real thing, guys. They are new and improved. We drafted a couple guys, we signed a couple guys. This is the defense that we've been looking for. You're not going to believe that. Kurt Cousins has turned the corner. He's more mobile. He's more decisive and more aggressive. <laughs> swag. Are you, what remember are you going to believe? Like you can't believe anything after this season because right. this shattered the trust that you have, I think, in this staff, in this quarterback. Sam Ekstrom here, wondering if you're stuck on your company's injury report. In an unfortunate situation like that, it's good to have someone in your corner. That's where Kemet Sanford and Kramer Law can help you understand your rights under Minnesota's workers' compensation laws. There's enough uncertainty in our lives nowadays that the last thing you want is to feel helpless if you wind up in a bad situation after a workplace injury. Kemet Sanford and Kramer will fight for you if there's been a wrongfully denied work comp claim so you can get the benefits you deserve. If your claim's been accepted, they help with rehabilitation disputes, medical disputes, help you get a second opinion, and ensure you're getting all the benefits you're entitled to on an accepted claim. Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer will provide you with dedicated and experienced disability attorneys that have secured their clients tens of millions of dollars. Our good friends Mike, Pat, and Evan will handle all that messy legalese to and from the insurance company about your claim while you focus on what's important, your recovery. And there's no cost involved for reaching out to Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer. In fact, you don't pay a dime unless they successfully obtain your benefits. You get paid, then they get paid. It's that simple. The website is yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com where you can find a phone number to get a free consultation. This is an attorney advertisement from Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer, yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com. This is a tremendous point that everything that they sold was believable. We signed all these guys on defense. Yahoo Sports, their football analyst, Shield Kapadia, projected the Vikings to have the number one defense in the NFL this year. I'm not saying that we projected that because we watched them in training camp. But the <laughs> point was that you signed all these players to do that. Mike Zimmer at the beginning of training camp was kind of giddy, like, oh, look, I got all these good players. And last week, you just wrote an article on it. Last week, they told you, you asked them out there, you asked them, hey, why is this different from 2020? Here's why it's different. You actually blew this one. Like last week, last year, you beat the Jaguars in overtime. You're worse. That's why it's different. That was like, and, and what a twist, what a twist. Uh, but that was the whole thing was, well, it's different. It's different. Even up to the other day, they're demanding you believe that this is different, but how is it? How is it different that signing Patrick Peterson is different than franchise tagging Anthony Harris? How is it different than some of the other moves they made? Delvin Tomlinson is different than trading for Yanni Kingakwe. Shuffling around the deck chairs on the Titanic is not different. How is it different that this quarterback suddenly had swag? Like they were like, come on, man. After the game, the broadcast shows Kirk Cousins with a big smile on his face, dapping up somebody after the loss. I mean, look, I know it was just for a second on TV. You just had, well, well, it's not the first time they've had a loss like this, but you just had a loss that is a crushing blow to your season and a complete embarrassment. Everyone will be talking about this tomorrow. 
This will be on ESPN, NFL Network. Hey, good for you. The Lions got a win against those Vikings who found a way to blew it. And, and you're here's him like, hey, nice to see you, man. Great to be back in Michigan. It's like, this is your quarterback, guys. This is who you have. No, the whole loss isn't his fault. I got that a bunch. I tweeted about it. I said, like, can He's smiling uh, after the game and dapping people up. Like what? Good quarterback rating again, though. I mean, but like, this is, this is what you have. This is what you've had. And there's no arguing that this needs to come back in return. And your point about the defense is right. They're going to have to sign a bunch of whole new players again. We already saw this. Like this must end. Give me any scenario, Sam, where it doesn't after this. Well, like you said, Thursday is probably the reckoning. A loss on Thursday and it's over. I think if you win Thursday, which again is believable. Like every game is a coin flip with this team. So you win Thursday and I'm assuming that I haven't looked at the score. I don't know if Washington is losing to Las Vegas. I'm assuming they'll lose. Um, you know, Philadelphia's got that bye coming up. You can catch up with Philadelphia. You can be tied for the 7 seed. Um, and at that point they can probably justify again, like riding it out end of season. And then they would have to win the rest of their games. I think you probably have to win, you know, five and seven from here. You you need minimum four and one, I would expect. But if you lose the one on Thursday and suddenly you, you're five and eight. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with your earlier endorsement that Thursday is the game. Like this is it because then you've got, then you've got a week and a half transition period. Like the reason you don't make the move today is because you have three days to prepare. You can't change coaches in that situation when you have a playoff hope. Um, but after the Thursday game, yeah, that's a perfect time. So circle Thursday. And if you're disinterested in the team because of they're just bad, they're not going to make the playoffs, you can watch. And if you want to, you can cheer against to see like what happens with this with this football team. Whatever floats your boat as a fan, but Thursday is meaningful, if not for the win, like for the playoff part of it, for what comes of this coaching staff. So as we speak right now, Washington is actually ahead of Las Vegas seven to three. So we'll see where that game goes. I, right. I, I wanted to bring this up. Here's the playoff race. Just think about this in terms of disappointment, in terms of like, I don't know if it's an all time disappointing season. The most disappointing season that I have covered from this team is 2018. Hands down. That would be tough to match because they had a good football team, an extremely good football team in that year. Lots of talent, all of Mike Zimmer's guys, and they just blew it. Uh, Philadelphia won with its backup quarterback today. They've been playing Jalen Hurts, who is supposed to be kind of their tank quarterback, but he's won sort of too many games. So as we speak, they're in that spot now in the seventh Washington lost its quarterback in week one. They're playing a guy who is an XFL backup. Now he's done okay, but again, it's Taylor Heineke lost out a job once to Case Keenum. Carolina just fired its offensive coordinator, and I haven't even got to gloat about it yet. Uh, Atlanta has been horrendous now for years. It's just, just flat out. Just awful. New Orleans played a tight end at quarterback the other night. He threw four interceptions. These teams are tied with you. You've had your quarterback healthy all year. You have had a longtime defensive-minded head coach who is lauded as one of the smartest defensive minds in the league. You've had tons of draft picks. I mean, you've traded and traded and traded on drafted and drafted. You had two first-round draft picks in one year. One of them is under indictment at the moment. I mean, what excuse do you have to not be ahead of these horrendous franchises uh, or teams that had their quarterback hurt? What excuse is there left I can't get to one. So my question for you was kind of like, what could change it? I think the only thing that could change it is undefeated the rest of the way in a playoff win, but you just lost to the Lions. Who am I supposed to expect you to beat? I'm sure there'll be the one, they beat the Rams at US Bank Stadium. And everyone goes, oh, wow, they just beat the Rams. They could be dangerous, like maybe, but I'm not even sure. Do you think this team has that in them? I don't think after this, this team has that in them. Um, I, I think it depends on if there's playoff hope. I mean, I, I think there is. I think that's a possibility. Like, just as you can kind of be justified in in ripping the Panthers and Joe Brady, you've also kind of been right about Stafford coming back to the pack. Yep. You know, the Rams are not unbeatable. Um, and I could very much see the Vikings finishing week 18, looking up at the standings and saying, shoot, 
that Lions game was the difference. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah. Like last year yeah. was the Chicago game, and and that was a pretty bad look. Yeah. This year it could be the Lions game. You could be eight and nine, and that could be the the difference maker. Very well could happen. I'm I'm also not optimistic that they go and like beat the Rams and the Packers, which you kind of have to do now. But I could see him split. Like I could see them, even if the season's over, I could still see them win a stupid game yeah. just because they do yeah. have the aforementioned talent that we've discussed and they are going to get a little healthier on defense. So maddening team, mad, like, I mean, if, if you're living and dying with this team every week, what a, what a ride and what, and what a disappointment, like for the people that invest their time, their money you know, into this franchise, the season ticket holders to see this product with this roster, mm-hmm. that, that, that is hard. That is tough to, uh, to bounce back from and get excited. Like if the same people are around next year. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that from the, the close game perspective, you're familiar with the concept of uh BABIP in baseball, batting average of balls hit and play. You've yep. covered some baseball. Yep, absolutely. So the argument from BABIP is that the, hitter doesn't have a whole lot of control of what happens once he puts it in play. Now, of course that's not true because if you hit it harder, you have a higher chance of success, but like put that aside. So that's the idea. The idea is that, you know, over a season, there's a lot of luck. So you look at somebody's BABIP and you'll say, oh man, you know, they've got this like low BABIP that should be much higher. And it's just kind of a luck or regression thing. You could have made that case about these close game losses Oh, well, you know, you just lost some close. I mean, you had that fumble, you had that field goal, you had, you know, Cooper Rush, who knew, right? They bounced off Breland in that game. If Breland just grabs it, then, you know, that never happens. But when you've had this many of them, this many losses that are close and you can't finish and you can't come up with a big play and your quarterback overthrows somebody in the red zone like he did with KJ Osborne or your offensive coordinator calls up another tight end screen to Tyler Conklin, what, you know, second down runs or uh, you, I don't know, ha- get hit by lightning and decide Ole Udo playing left tackle is a good idea. Like you earn it. And that's how I look at them too. And after this game, the last thing I'll say for this is, I don't think there's any win along the way that isn't multiple playoff wins that can wash this out, that can wash out the loss to Cooper Rush. They can walk at least that that was a talented football team with a backup quarterback, but this is a horrendous, horrendous football team in Detroit. I don't think there's any like, like this is the moment that it ends unless something absolutely out of this universe happens and they win multiple playoff games, which is really hard to see with more guys banged up. Um, and Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin presumably not coming back. So, like this is this is the one where we bounced back and forth a lot between. Oh, maybe they're not that bad. Maybe they're pretty good. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they could just throw bombs all the time. Like, nah, nah, not after this one. Not after this one. Even if you beat the Rams at home, it's like I don't know. Who cares? You were five and seven at one point. I picked them to start the season at 10 and seven. You picked them at 11 and six. Like we thought this team. Did I say that? I don't know if I ever said that. We, Is that we, on the record? And that's the reason everyone should be unhappy, which I'm sure they are at the end of this is that there's no, there's no reason roster wise injuries. I get it. There's no reason roster roster wise, schedule wise, anything else that this team shouldn't be right where we thought they were going to be, especially with the NFC like this. And yet the games that were, handed to them by Dallas not having Dak Prescott and Detroit Detroiting they didn't take advantage of they have earned every bit of this spot and what happens when you do that usually is changes in the NFL so bottom line on that the Minnesota Vikings are Max Kepler that's basically what I took from that (laughs) pop popping the ball up a lot of weak contact Hmm. um no, I mean, had I watched any baseball in the last three years, I would probably get what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Will, is there any chance that in two weeks we're having another kind of change of heart? Because we've had so many yo-yos this season mm-hmm. and and, you know, we try to sort of, I think, look at it impartially and like kind of get the zeitgeist of the moment, but also look ahead and say, all right, what does this all mean? Big picture and the big picture, it just keeps keeps fluctuating so much. But I still, I think you're right. I don't think there is a way to erase this image. I mean, this is this is tarnishing your record for all time, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. By the way, Kirk, you can no longer go to your to <laughs> the well right. of 
Kirk Cousins is undefeated against Detroit. It's over. But that quarterback rating, however, I'm I'm sorry to keep going back to that. And I know people don't like snarkiness. Some do. Uh, but 340 yards on 30 for 40 passing, two touchdowns. And let me see what the quarterback rating was. 116.7 quarterback rating in this game. And you look around at the end go, what? Like When? When did that happen? I mean, he came through after being down two scores to Detroit, but like it's, I've never seen a player quite like it in baseball. There's no baseball comparison. If you hit 300, you hit 300, but there's, is it like Andrew Wigginsy where Wiggins would score 25 points on like seven for 30? Maybe there's something like that. I don't know, but you get your team behind by two scores. So you start the house on fire and then you come in with the fire hose and put it out. Can't give you credit for that. Sorry. So anyway, well, this was a day, Sam. This was a day. And uh, I'm I glad think... I, I'm glad I got the instant reaction story today, <laughs> but I specifically requested it today. That was a great decision on my part. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have another one of these Thursday. Can you believe, Vikings fans, that you have to do this again in just a couple of days? But you do. Uh, uh, sorry, I just wanted to respond to what you said uh, about, um, you know, the in two weeks, like, yeah, they could get to seven and seven with these next two weeks. Uh, as we speak, I'm watching Ben Roethlisberger play and it is just, it is just bad. It's extremely bad. And then, you know, Chicago, like they're horrendous. So of course that could happen, but I don't think you can convince anyone unless you win all of them, or maybe you lose one to green Bay or something. I don't think I just, and does that seem like that's here after this? Probably not. So is it still possible? Yes, but the odds of it happening seemed like they were decent of them, like winning enough to get in and being a little dangerous, not after today. So uh, we're going to have a lot to discuss. People are asking about skull searching, which I don't think, I think you came on board after skull searching happened last year. So you'll learn all about skull searching. Can't wait to find out. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have, you know, lots of other things to discuss. Maybe, Maybe by Friday, we'll be talking about coach search. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sam, great stuff as always. What a day. And uh, they never cease to amaze. Thank you, Matthew.